You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way shape or form it's you better you bet presented by betmgm yes indeed it is you better you bet nick costos ken barkley it's awesome to be here with you today on the betql network mostly because it beats being outside snowing here in the northeast in new york and connecticut respectively hopefully dry wherever you are consuming this fine program in this fine world of ours on this show every game game seven no hot take bs we bring you bets We bring you sports, and we're coming to you live today from all the usual spots, the Odyssey app, the BetQL app, simulcast by our friends at Stadium from 4 to 6 Eastern, YouTube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, Twitch.tv backslash BetQL, and we'll we'll tell you about YouTube and Twitch coming up in a moment. It is a Friday. People know know what that means. And we are heard on radio stations nationwide. What were you changing the channel to? I wasn't changing it. I've had the TV on for a while, and I get the like the notification comes up, like press a button basically, or the TV will turn off. So the TV was mm-hmm. going to turn off. So I just oh, pressed a button. You can't have that. You can't have the TV turn. Not at, not at a time like this. <laughs> not, I mean, not at a time like this. Riveting daytime programming on. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do we have here? I have, I have NBA today on. I just yeah. leave the TV on all day while I'm in my office. So yeah, it was about to turn off. So I decided. Is Jalen Brunson I'll... in the next pantheon? That's what we all want to know. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't think he is. Really good player. I hope he gets there. That would be really awesome. And we are on radio stations nationwide, including Sirius 160 and XM205 on satellite radio. Ken and I are here bringing you the wagertainment. We're talking all things sports betting. Proudly presented today and always by the king of sportsbooks, the great people at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app and visit BetMGM.com and do so on this F3 Three words that all start with the letter F. Phenomenal football Friday on the eve here of the best football weekend of the year. Divisional weekend in the NFL postseason. January 19th in the year of our Lord, 2024. The show is on Twitter at You Better You Bet. I'm on Twitter and the gram at The Costos. And Ken Barkley, your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper. He's on X at Lockie Lockerson. And on this Phenomenal Football Friday, we're going to bring you five phenomenal guests and we can't wait to talk to all of them four of which are regulars here on you better you bet 
Sam Paniadovich, Nesson Fox Sports Chicken Dinner Podcast, giving us football bets for the weekend. Evan Silva established the run, football bets for the weekend. He texted me a lot of bets. Can't wait to talk to Evan about the games. Brad Evans, our stadium teammate, giving us his favorite prop bets for the weekend in the NFL. Give us some college hoops as well. Matt Moore from the Action Network in the Power Hour, giving us NBA bets for tonight, including with the Celtics and the Nuggets. NBA Finals preview? Maybe. We'll talk about all of it coming up with Matt Moore. And making his You Better You Bet debut today. One week to the day that Kevin Harlan made his You Better You Bet debut. Oh, yeah. Ian Eagle joins You Better You Bet to start the Power Hour today. Some would say the most powerful in the history of Power Hours. Those people are right. Oh, yeah. Ian Eagle, 6 p.m. Eastern here on You Better You Bet. Plus... Coming up later this hour, by virtue of the fact that we have two guests today in the Power Hour and only four football games, Divisional Weekend, we're going to give you our bets, side and total, for Divisional Weekend later this hour on You Better You Bet. Coming up in hour number one, Texans and the Ravens, Packers and the Niners, Bucks and the Lions, Chiefs and the Bills. Side and total analysis coming up for those games and our bets, 40 minutes, literally, like, from, from right now. We are also today going to bring you with four Games this weekend, and only eight teams remaining. A monster teaser for Divisional Weekend in the National Football League. And I think it's going to be so monstrous that we will combine one with sides and totals in it. And we are going to search for the perfect monster teaser for this weekend. We look forward to that. Um, As I referenced earlier, it's a Friday. And for the people watching the show on YouTube and Twitch, uh, send us your favorite football bet for the weekend. Anything for divisional weekend in the NFL, a side, a total, a, par- a prop, a parlay, a teaser, a same game parlay, your favorite bet for this weekend in the National Football League in any of the four games. Type it into the chat on YouTube and Twitch. Alex Fasano will be combing through the chats, and we will read your bets coming up later in the show. We'll talk about them, and we'll shout you out on the air. So start sending them in, your favorite football bet for the weekend in any of the four uh, games coming up divisional weekend here in the NFL and in the Power Hour, in addition to Ian Eagle and Matt Moore. We'll also give you all our bets for tonight in the NBA, the National Hockey League, maybe even a little college hoops. We are locked and loaded here. Phenomenal Football Friday. Ken, best sports weekend of the year, in my estimation, on the horizon. It's a great day to be alive, except for the snow. How's it going? Right. Yeah, I I don't know if it's going to end up being like the best sports weekend of the year with the games that we have, but we'll certainly make the best of it. Uh, I don't know if the games are going to play out that way. Uh, I'm not expecting them to play out that way, but it's, uh, it's always fun. Four NFL playoff games in the same weekend is always great. Did you... Uh, did you wind up watching a lot of NBA? It was kind of a it was a weird night in the NBA. I think people would look at the final scores and even look at the matchups going into last night and be like, "Pass!" Like I'm way good on on this, you know, like five six games and and not the marquee matchups like not what we have tonight with Nuggets and Celtics kind of dominating the conversation. Uh, did you end up watching any NBA last night? Yeah, well, I'll give you like a really selfish answer to the question. As we watched the Knicks game. Uh, I watched I watched the Knicks game and then I watched like the very ugh, just I mean like. The Knicks didn't deserve to cover last night. Like, Washington was frisky basically the entire game. But at the end of the game... game, Four minutes left, something like that. But at the end of... like, And there were were a couple times, like, in the third quarter where, like, the Wizards cut it to one and Thibodeau would call timeout. So 
the Knicks like did not deserve to cover. Also, they were up by like nine in Washington call timeout with like three minutes to go. And I'm thinking, oh my God, like I, I it's like 50-50 at this point that I cover the spread. And alas, it was uh, it was not meant to be. So yes, I watched the Knicks game last night. And then uh, I had uh, Utah plus three and a half against OKC and got to watch just like the miserable end game scenario of all time yeah. with like 17 opportunities for Utah to fall inside the number, miss all of them. And then marketing gets a rebound with like a second left and just like, yeah, you know, we'll just dribble the clock out and lose by five. So, yeah, I watched some NBA. I, wa- I watched, watched my bets lose. Yeah. That's what I watched Jeez. last night. Yeah, I, I watched NBA. Jerk. This is this is what I watched. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't think... I don't think a lot of people probably think like impactful stuff happened last night in the in the league. Like the Thunder off those two losses, beat the Jazz. That's probably the most interesting thing. Um, just like a really interesting result and a, a team that I've like tried to wrap my brain around uh, the last couple days. Like, what do I want to? What am I doing here? Am I betting this team to like win awards? How do I think they're going to finish? Uh, is the Pacers? And they beat the Kings last night in a game that they had absolutely no business with. Nobody playing in the game. I think a lot of the betting market was certainly like playing both the injuries and the idea that the Kings were off two really like pretty humiliating losses, one of which caused their coach to bring out like the, the laptop and show it to the media. Uh, and then, and then like an even worse loss, honestly, like the next game. Uh, so it just they hadn't played well and the Pacers beat them. And it was supposed to be the Tyrese Halliburton return game, except he didn't even play last night and they traded for Pascal Siakam and he didn't play last night either. And so uh, I just, they won, they win the game. And, and the, just the most interesting thing to me is the middle of the Eastern Conference. So your Knicks like occupy one of these spots, right? There are three teams at the top of the East, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. You can put Milwaukee and Philadelphia, whatever order you want. No one's touching them. Like they're the top three. They're going to win the most games. Like that's one, two, three. But like who's four? Doesn't matter. Who's like, who's four, five, six, seven, honestly, between New York, who played last night and won. Indiana, who again, gets Halliburton back and gets Siakam soon. And is already in the mix for those spots. Miami and Cleveland, who are all playing really, really well right now. And if the answer to who is number four turns out to be the Pacers, and let's say they win, I think their win total in the market is like 47 games, something like that. Like, is that good enough for them to win something, any postseason award? And what the hell would it be? Because <laughs> I, I just think, I think people are dying to give this team something, even if it makes no sense. And it would violate like a bunch of historical parameters. It's almost like, well, I know we usually do that, but boy, I like Indiana. Let's give them this award. I actually kind of feel like that's where we're headed with this team, but I can't for the life of me figure out which one it's going to be. So I, I went through all of them. I haven't bet any Pacers to do anything this year. And so far I've been right. And I think I'm going to be right. But they, they like keep me up at night. Like I like do it. Like, am I, is this going to be a thing? Like, are they, are they going to win, like, 50 games and someone's going to talk themselves into kind of, like, something that doesn't make sense, but, like, got to give this team a trophy? Like, they're fun. They're awesome. They almost beat the Lakers in the in-season tournament. So they beat the Kings last night, and without anybody to win a game like that, again, sets them up to maybe have, like, a big second half of the season. So I'm, I'm spitballing here. Like, I don't know if Carlisle could win Coach of the Year only, only because, and I know this is not how you pronounce his name, and I don't care. I like to pronounce it like this: Daniel okay. with Oklahoma, Oklahoma <laughs> yeah, City. That's, like that's, if if they're or, if or they're, Dagnalt or Dagnalt. Yeah, but yeah, but right. it's not as fun. Like the way it's spelled, it should be like like it should be like pronounced like oh, in the yes. French way, like like Daniel. Daniel, yes, of yeah, course. Ma, ma, yes, Daniel. Yes. I mean, look, you spell your name like that. That's how it should be pronounced. Like, sorry, I don't make the rules. That's phonetics. Um, so I feel like Dag or Dagnalt or whatever his name is is gonna uh. I think he's, I, 
I guess it's like it's him or Finch, right, for coach of the year with those two teams. They're wagons right now in the Western Conference. So last night, Benedict Matherin had a really great game for the Pacers and like started for Indiana in the game. And now like with Siakam coming in, like Matherin's going to go back to the bench, right? Like, what about Matherin, who scored 25 last night? And it feels like with him, it's always kind of been like a confidence thing. When's he going to figure it out? And he's, he's, as the kids would say, he's a bucket. Um, I don't know if there's enough. Are there enough kind of... Are there enough shots? Are there enough shots to go around? Like, are there enough basketballs? Like, enough mouths to feed in Indiana for Matherin to kind of get his? He's kind of like the first place that my mind went, right? Because I think kind of you've been saying all year that... um, that Halliburton's like too good to win most improved player. I don't know yeah. if Carlisle can surpass any of the other, the, the top candidates for coach of the year. Uh, Matherin was the guy that came to mind because I know he had a really good game last night and like, can he keep this going for a really fun team and just like score 20 plus points a game? And is that enough to get him over the finish line? Yeah, so it, it definitely could be. Um, he would be one of the players. So the, the markets that I'd be considering that, the one that you mentioned, Matherin for sixth man, uh, Carlisle for coach. And we can talk about maybe why that's a bad idea or that he could win. Um, and then Halliburton for either most improved or clutch player of the year, just because everyone wants it to be so, so they'll just vote for him. And it's again, it's the second year of that award. There is there is no historical track record. They could just give it to the they could give it to him because they decide they want to give it to him. That's that's why they could do it. And uh, and I it's just like does is everyone just going to talk themselves into this because they're such a likable team? So I think like if I was going to order the ones that seem the most likely, God, like which one would be first? So Carlisle, the problem here is, like, I think Finch is way more likely to win than than Dagnall. Uh, they're going to have, like, the best record in the West. Like, I feel, like, pretty confident that's going to happen. They are really a wagon, and the Thunder are extremely good, too. Those two teams play, uh, I think, this weekend, actually. Uh, that game might even be tomorrow, now that I think about it, and or at least coming up really soon. And maybe the Thunder can, like, pass them in the Western Conference standings or Denver, who will be heard from at some point. Um, but, like, Finch, like, he's not the favorite in the market. And one thing to keep in mind with – I bring up – just talk about NBA awards in general. Just one thing for people to keep in mind right now. Uh, we had really – like, we started to get good polling toward the end of the NFL season where you had a really good idea what people might do in the final few weeks. In hockey, we have – hockey, we have better polling than, like, in politics, like we have better polling in hockey about who's going to win the awards. Greg Wyshynski, who works for ESPN, low does bar. A poll like every month. Low bar right. to clear. Like, <laughs> Hil- did you know Hillary Clinton like, actually won in 2016? Did everybody well, know that? We had plenty of polling though. It's just the polling didn't have the right cross sections with like education background and stuff. <laughs> it's, so it's, like, like a, it's, like a, it's, it's like a Seinfeld routine. We had was, the polling. <laughs> we but, had some polling. But, yeah. But 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 did it have all the cross sectioning in it? We didn't have the cross sectioning, but it had the poll. But it was but. It had the polling. Uh, hockey, I, we have an, an incre- NHL.com does this like trophy trackers. We have an incredible idea of who's ahead for every NHL award. Every week, we like know who's ahead and we know who's in second. We know who's in third. It's unbelievable. We don't have one, aside from the one Bontemps MVP poll. So maybe MVP exists in its own universe. Even then, I don't think anybody has a clue who's ahead in anything right now. I don't think anybody knows. There is no consensus polling on this at all. Everyone's writing their like mid-season think pieces right now, and they're all trying to be contrarian, and they're all saying things that aren't going to happen. Like I, I read all of them. Very few of them make a lot of sense. None of them agree on anything, and they're all trying to be like, well, this guy's like probably going to win, but I'm going to go with this other guy. It's like, oh, okay, cool, the guy who won't win. Let's write that one down. So it just, it's, it's really weird. 
it's all guessing. It's all guessing right now. And when there's guessing, it means the prices can all be, the hockey prices are going to be fine because we have polling every five seconds on who's ahead with the people who actually vote. Basketball, we have no polling on anything. Yeah, you think Dagnall's the most likely coach to win? There's no evidence of it. He could be in fifth right now. We have no idea where people are at with this. You think Maxie's definitely winning most improved? Nobody knows. Nobody has any idea. You think Gobert's that far ahead for defensive player of the year? Probably, because there's nobody else who's really good. But like, we have no we have no clue. The six man, who's gonna win? Period. Who's eligible? Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody has any idea. So it just it these these are actually kind of fun. Mark, if you have guesses, and the Pacers could be some of your guesses. Uh, incredible markets to bet into right now because nobody knows anything. I don't know anything. Voters aren't talking. There are too many of them. Nobody's, there's no consensus polling. Fun markets to bet into. Uh, I saw Rudy Gobert referred to, I think it was on Twitter, as the Stifle Tower. That was when he was with Utah. That's an old nickname I, of his. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before. I think I, think yeah, I kind of like When it. he first came also, to the league, like, like first the year, stifle, second year, the that's what he tower. That's before everybody hated him. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, and then he tried to stifle COVID nineteen, and, and yeah. he was unable to. And should we call the shorthand for the TBSP, like we, the Tim Bontem straw poll, the tablespoon? Oh, got a new, got a new tablespoon, got a new recipe. Got got a new got, well, yeah. we, we need a new tablespoon, yeah. so we know what the hell's going on. All right, on the other side, we'll continue to roll through the world of sports bets for the NFL coming up later this hour. Alabama trapped. Off balance three, and he puts it in, and a chance at four. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Spiro Adidas with the call. How long ago was the in-season tournament? It was uh, late. It was like November, right? God, it feels like it was a long time ago. <laughs> so well, the thing I, is, the, we had, the passage we had of time. Play. We had group play oh, yeah. for a while. It was very, it was very prestigious. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of uh, of group play, do you ever stop to allow yourself to think that five months from now we're gonna have Euro Cup group play? Yeah, I gotta be honest, that doesn't really excite me. Like it probably excites you. <laughs> really? Feels like you England love against it. the Faroe Islands or something. Whatever. Yeah. I thought, but, but you love this stuff when it gets close to it. Like you're into it. Yeah. When we get when we get to like May and we get through like all the good sports, then yeah, like I, it's, it's oh, the thing that fills it's an, the time. An, an unnecessary shot. Unnecessary yeah. shot at soccer. I, uh, I would I would rather watch it ten times out of ten over any baseball game on any weeknight during the summer. Like that's or in, during an afternoon or something like that. So I, I'm with you on that. Like it trumps the summer stuff, except like golf for me. But uh, but yeah, like I this take time it over hockey. Easy. This time of year, it's like who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to win the NBA title? Like who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Who's going to win the NCAA tournament? I care. I care about these things much more right now than the Euro group play. Although when we get to the summer, I'm sure I will share your enthusiasm. God, what a wet blanket you are, man. You've just been like, yeah, man, can't wait for it. On to the next thing. No, <laughs> fair, no, fair, France, fair enough. France against, uh, and your final score, France won Estonia nil. Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> so what about, what about Wales? Who's Wales going to get in the uh, in, in their opener? We'll know, see. Like, Gareth, Gareth Bale's probably like 71 years old, and like he'll score and they'll lose 3-1. That's like usually what happens, right? With his uh, with, with, the, with, the, with the trademark top knot, which has looked ridiculous since like 2015. Uh, we'll give our NFL bets coming up in 20 minutes for the weekend. Um, also, we are on Saturday morning. Same schedule as last weekend, albeit a little different on Sunday. Saturday morning, 8... So the show goes off. I just, I just, I just lay down. That's all that happens. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just. <laughs> it's like, 
Off at seven, on at eight. <laughs> the these two January weeks, I was talking yes. with um with Prisco about this recently. These are the two like worst weeks of the year in terms of like working and and like it's great and like yeah. we love it and like we're jacked for the shows. It's just it's just like it never like it never stops. Like you're on the hamster wheel basically constantly. All good, just that it's gonna be it's a lot, but uh but we love it. So we'll be on coming up tomorrow morning, eight to ten a.m. Sunday morning, eleven a.m. to one p.m. So the normal uh slot for a countdown to kick off. We'll give you uh the prop king both days and like finalized thoughts with more injury reports and news on the weather but we'll give you all our thoughts as it stands right now coming up next segment here on You Better You Bet. Great guests join us as well throughout the show including the great Ian Eagle making his You Better You Bet debut oh yeah at 6 o'clock Eastern time. But that highlight we played coming back from break that's the Halliburton four point play of one of Indiana's like 17 wins this year over the Milwaukee Bucks to get them into the uh, into the tournament finals where they would lose to the Lakers that Saturday night Lakers end up winning covering the spread and maybe it will end up being the highlight of the Lakers season when it's uh when it's all said and done. Uh but we talked in the opening segment about Indiana. Can the Pacers maybe achieve like something special this year, be a top four seed in the East, win a postseason award. Pascal Siakam expected to make his Pacers debut tonight. Tyrese Halliburton is questionable for Indiana tonight, so maybe Halliburton's back tonight for the Pacers as well. And Ken, I think it makes for an interesting like macro conversation on the Eastern Conference as a whole. But let's keep this to Indiana right now and pay off the conversation from the opening segment about postseason awards as it concerns the Indiana Pacers, if they can crack that top four and have a superb regular season when it's all said and done. Yeah, uh, Pacers at Portland tonight, by the way. Hopefully uh, hopefully DeAndre Ayton can make it out of his driveway. I just, we, did, we didn't even do that story yesterday, and I just, I don't know. That's the first time I, I you just, yeah, you know, it's really slippery. I'm out. Okay. <laughs> okay, buddy. I know ice is no joke. It's just like, what, what's going on here? And it's Portland and Satan. The whole thing's a laughing stock. Uh, so Indiana. Also, he's get, so like, rich. Like, that's a regular yeah. person excuse. Like, hey, I can't make it to shop right because Portland I can't get out of my excuse. driveway. It's I, also like a you, we're terrible excuse. Like, I'm I'm good. John like, like, buddy. Yeah. Buy a flamethrower, guy. You know how rich he is? Buy a, buy, a, buy, a, buy a truck that just, like, spews hot water in front of you so you can just drive like, like Ken's, you Ken's got a snowblower. He doesn't play in the NBA. Like, yeah. how hard is this? I can confirm that I both have a snowblower and do not play in the NBA. I can confirm both of those things. They're both true. Uh, so we'll see We'll see what happens with Indiana's game tonight. I, just, the point of this is, I, I mentioned, like, Indiana's the team that, like, keeps me up at night almost. I have nothing on any of their players or their coach to win any awards. But they're this just kind of like they're just interesting enough that you have to think about it so their most likely projection is to kind of be like the five seed figure they probably don't beat all the good east teams for the four the knicks probably get them and maybe you know beat them by like a game or two knicks pacers first round series would be pretty electric by the way if the knicks host that Miami's going to be in the mix the Cavs have been playing much better they blew out milwaukee with no Giannis the other night mobley will come back like it's there's a lot of teams for one spot and it, even if the I ran like I just do like projection for coach of the year, really simple scoring system because there there aren't a lot of things that you need to know to know who's going to win coach of the year. And even if Carlisle got the four, and they won what they're projected to win right now about forty seven games, he'd be the worst winner ever in like the history of the award. And like I, so like what am I supposed to? And he, they traded for Siakam and he got bet a lot, and I I like kind of get it because people like this team, is their liking of the team going to overcome 
how everyone always votes, which is just like, who's the awesome team that's the one seed or the two seed? And like of the two conferences, which one or two seed outperformed expectations the most? Oh, by the way, that's Minnesota by far right now. And uh, I'd make Finch the favorite instead of Dagnall, but who cares? It's because Dagnall came in second last year and everybody knows he's awesome. And I think Finch would win anyway. But like, whatever, that's, that's besides the point. So like, all right, I think I'm a no on Carlisle for now. Just I seem to be the only one that's a no. Like he's getting bet all over the place. They trade for Siakam, he gets bet. Halliburton's coming back, he gets bet. I'm a no, but like, oh man, really? And then I go to Matherin, and this is the one that you hit on for him to win sixth man of the year, a market that's been dominated by Tim Hardaway Jr. from the Mavericks. Uh, why? Because they're really good, and he basically leads the NBA among good players in points per game scoring off the bench. Uh, and I, uh, players that are on good teams. Like Bogdan Bogdanovich scores a lot off the bench. I know like Zach Lowe said he was going to vote for him. Also, they're going to win like 32 games this year. And guess who never wins awards? Teams that wins 32, team that win 32 games. So like Bogdanovich is a zero for me until they start winning more. Hardaway's a big favorite, but like he's been starting recently. And Dallas is probably a very likely trade candidate in the next few weeks. And that doesn't mean Hardaway gets traded, but it could mean he ends up starting. Jason Kidd apparently was asked about this last game, and he goes, yeah, I gave Hardaway the option. Do you want to start or come off the bench tonight? And he said, I want to start. Well, what if he does that 10 more games? And what the hell by happens? the way, what a, what a shock that that's what the player chose. <laughs> You know what? I'm going to go professional take a athlete. Over here. Do you want to play pro athlete? Do you want to let not name DeAndre Ayton? Do you want to play more yeah. or play less? I wonder what they're going to choose. I just, like I, I'll ask Matt when he comes on later. I asked him last time he came on, like water gun to your head. Who wins six man this year? And he is like, uh, and that's how I feel. Like I, if Hardaway was, and a he said Bogdanovich, he was right? That was his answer last week, right? Yeah. Bogdanovich. But I, I think everyone who picks him just thinks the Hawks are going to play better at some point. I think the Hawks are going to play better at some point, but they haven't done it yet, and they might trade Dejounte Murray. And if they do that, then they're not going to play better. They're going to be bad. They're going to be really bad. And bad teams don't win awards. It's in the NBA that never happens. Five hundred teams don't win awards in the NBA. It'd be really good to win this stuff. That's why the Pacers are almost ineligible for some of this stuff, and they're going to win a lot. They're going to win a lot more games than the Hawks are. So just like, yeah, Matherin's, he, is he the guy who picks up the pieces when no one, this is a terrible six-man race because like Austin Reeves was a really good candidate and then Darvin Ham flip-flops on the starting lineup every two seconds and now Reeves is back in the starting lineup. Harder, this is the funniest thing about six-man. You have to be really good, but not good enough that you can start. Because <laughs> if you end up starting, then you act, you're actually too good. You're too good to win anymore. Like, you know, if the Kings, who the Pacers beat last night, if they can't get out of their own way, then like Malik Monk can't win. And like these guys all average like 14 points. These are all lukewarm, bad candidates. But maybe Matherin's like how we pay off a 50-win Pacers season because nobody else makes any sense. Everyone's on a bad team or everybody Clarkson's can't score not, enough. Clarkson's not a terrible candidate, right? They're Utah's bad, gonna... though. But like they're not they, they, they could, they, yeah. They're not like good, good, but like they could, they could make the play-in tournament. Yeah, they could be like, they could, they... they they probably will make the play-in tournament. They'll be like the nine or the ten. There's a couple podcasts that like hint at the fact that Ainge is going to make some splash trade for somebody. I don't know who that would be since everybody around Toronto got traded. That's like, really interesting, by the way, because it kind of felt right. like they were like kicking the can down the road a little bit, and maybe he thinks they that they're ready to maybe. maybe do something now. Yeah, man, right. that would be something. Yeah. Well, that, but they that was they were connected to that because the idea is they were. But his back-to-back years, everybody thinks the Jazz are going to be terrible, and they're not terrible. And uh, and their coach is awesome too. But again, like. 
think about what I said, like one seed, two seed, like like Will Hardy is not the two seed in the Western got like great like great job, buddy. Also, that's not what this is. So I just uh all right. So Mather also, and he, maybe... also also he jumped off a ladder at WrestleMania and it was really great. Right. <laughs> and he's awesome. Like they're they're fun. Like you watch them play, they're a really fun team. Uh they also played every team on their winning streak and the team was sitting their best player, and that's why the Jazz won. And then they played a D team that wasn't sitting their best player last night, and they gave it up in the fourth quarter, they didn't win the game. And then, uh, can we not like, you know, let's just let's tape let's table right. like just like that part of it, please, right. for now. Because I'm, so I'm still, I'm still little stung <laughs> so then the Halliburton stuff is the only stuff that's left where you're like all right well I don't I don't know if Matherin's gonna win I don't know if Carlisle's gonna and it's not like a pacer has to win by the way they could just not win but like they're at people like them they're interesting they're gonna win some games like they will be in conversations when like media talk about teams and stuff and Halliburton's the most likable player in the league Matt came on with us a few weeks ago said people he talked to consider him eligible Halliburton not Matt for uh, NBA most improved player there's never been a winner that's averaged 20 points a game or more the year before they won. It's usually like a mediocre player that becomes good, becomes an all-star level. Maybe that's Maxi. Maybe it's Shengun. Maybe it's Scotty Barnes still, but we'll see. Halliburton seems like a totally weird fit for that. But again, if the voters just decide, eh, we're going to do something different this year, screw history, then that's what they're going to do. And Halliburton's a really likable player, but I don't get that right now. I don't know. And then you go to clutch player of the year, this made up new award. I went to De'Aaron Fox last year because he was the best player in clutch time and he played on a team that was really, really good. Is that Halliburton? He's not playing. They haven't been in a lot of games like that recently. If they end up in a lot of games like that, I guess you could do that. Again, everyone could just decide this is what it is. And like, you know what? He's really likable. It does. I'll just say this is the last thing. It reminds me a little bit of Josh Dobbs comeback player of the year where for like two weeks or like a part of the season, it's like, no, nah, he's just so likable. Like they're going to, they're going to give him something and he gets bet in the market. They get, get bet in multiple different markets to win awards. And it's like, like he didn't, he didn't end up winning anything. He didn't end up doing anything. I kind of think that's what's going to happen here. But yeah, I just, I think it's really interesting. Like the Pacers keep me up nights. Why? Because I don't know what to do with them. They're an interesting team. There are other interesting teams in the East. It also speaks to, I think, something really interesting right now. We're 41 games into the NBA season. I don't think anybody knows who's ahead in about five of the award markets or even like who's second or third and in what order. Uh, and we're halfway through the year. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken on a phenomenal football Friday. Our bets for divisional weekend in the NFL coming up in a couple minutes. Uh, I want to hit this breaking news here, Ken, that just hashtag crossed the wire, yeah, sure. AKA tweeted by insiders and then put in our chat by our, our guy, Alex. Um, it looks like this is going to be official very soon. Not a surprise, but the Las Vegas Raiders are expected to retain Antonio Pierce as their permanent head coach now. I always think that's funny, right? When it's like a, a, there's an interim coach and now he's the permanent coach. Like permanent until until he gets fired at some point or, or resigns. So he's not really the permanent coach. But he'll be the, the full-time head coach now for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and this became kind of like a big story because you had Raiders players, most notably Max Crosby and Devontae Adams, like the best player on defense and offense respectively, openly campaigning for Antonio Pierce to, to keep this job. And it looks like Pierce is going to get the job now. And we can have a conversation, Ken, as we move through the offseason as to what this means for the 2024 Raiders, what their win total might be after free agency and after the draft. I will say the first thing that comes to mind for me that could impact a couple markets for next year Super Bowl markets, maybe even like award markets and MVP with the specific player I'm thinking of. I think now with Pierce installed as the head coach, Devontae Adams getting traded to the Jets, I think becomes less likely. 
I think now that that now becomes like a less likely outcome here. My senses, and based off everything Adam said, was that he really wanted to play for Antonio Pierce. If they had hired somebody else, that might have been Devontae Adams saying like, I want out, like get me to Florham Park and I want to catch passes from Aaron Rodgers again. And the Jets could have paired, you know, uh, Devontae Adams with Garrett Wilson and like you're cooking with gas next season with Rodgers back for the Jets. I think it's a little less likely now. And I think Adams probably, if I had to set a market right now, I think the favor would be Ken, him staying with the Las Vegas Raiders. So at least from that perspective, a nice move for Las Vegas. And I actually think in a, in a weird way, this news kind of hurts the 2024 New York Jets, Ken, and their chances of winning a Super Bowl next year. Yeah, it's an interesting application. Well, I mean, certainly you play it out. Here are two guys campaigning for this guy to be the coach. You're going to make him the coach, and then Adams is going to turn and say, trade me to the Jets? I mean, intuitively, that makes no sense. Crosby had floated it to NFL media. If they don't hire Pierce, I'm going to request a trade. So maybe you had to hire Pierce to keep your two best players. Is kind of like what it feels like, honestly. Love maybe to be like held him, hostage by players. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, if you're going to pick two players to be held hostage by, like here's the best wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the league, uh, and the, maybe the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, I, I don't, you know. It's a long-term future of the Raiders, their win total. That's a long-term conversation down the road. But I agree with you. Probably keep both. I don't know whether who's who's their starting quarterback week one of next year, for sure. Not on the roster. That's the favorite right now, probably, right? Not, And then AOC would be the second choice. And I would make a political joke, but I don't want to. On the other side, our NFL bets for divisional weekends with Dick and Ken. Big numbers here, trying to really get out ahead in this game. Deep drop, Jackson, step, deliver. It's snagged by Likely. Isaiah Likely diving for the touchdown. Second and nine. Across the middle, Sherfield was not down, Shakir, not down, inside the 10. Oh, what an effort. The play of the night. Fourth and a long yard. Two for the touchdown. Goff looking to throw. Throws back to the end zone. LaPorta! Touchdown Detroit again! Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Who's excited for playoff football this weekend? I am. Raise your hand if you are, unless you're driving, which would be dangerous. But we can't wait for playoff football. We can't wait to bet on playoff football. We can't wait to win our bets coming up on Playoff Football. We'll give you all our bets for Playoff Football this weekend coming up in just a couple of moments. Great guests will start joining the show to start next hour. Sam Paniadovich, looking forward to having Sam on the show. Evan Silva will join us next hour as well. Brad Evans in hour number three. And then in the Power Hour, Matt Moore from the Action Network talking NBA. And Ian Eagle will make his You Better You Bet debut. For everyone watching the show on YouTube and Twitch, send in your favorite bet for divisional weekend in the NFL. Tell us why you like it. We'll read it on the air. We'll shout you out. We'll talk about whether or not we like your bet. So if you're in the chat, YouTube or Twitch, uh, hashtag join the conversation. Now's the time. Tell us what your favorite bet is for divisional weekend in the NFL, and we'll talk about it coming up in our number three. All right, buddy. This is uh, this is like the last hurrah this weekend. Then two games next weekend, and then a week off, and then the Super Bowl. Kind of sad. Kind of sad. But uh, we'll try and enjoy it and try and catch our bets coming up this yeah. weekend. So let's, uh, Jake, let's do it here for one of the final times this year. Lay down that Mario music.
we begin our divisional weekend betting sojourn in Baltimore with the Ravens and the Texans. Lamar Jackson and C.J. Stroud. This is going to be awesome. As it stands right now, it looks like right now, it looks like the weather is not going to be dreadful tomorrow. About what, like uh, wind gusts of like 15 to 20 miles per hour. It's going to be like, it's going to be cold, but I don't know if we're going to be like severely impacted by wind here. Ken and I will talk about this more in four hours when our next show starts coming up on Saturday morning. So we'll talk about that then when we have more uh, more news on what the weather is going to be. Uh, as it stands right now, Ken, side in total, we have Baltimore, a nine and a half point favorite. The total sitting at 43 and a half, basically where we've been the entire week. Injury news. Marlon Humphrey is out for this game for the Ravens, their number one cornerback. Upgrading the matchup for Nico Collins. Mark Andrews is not going to play in this game, per NFL Media's Ian Rappaport. Andrews is listed as questionable, practiced in full a couple days this week. The thought is, is that Andrews will be back next week if the Ravens advance. So Mark Andrews would play on Championship Sunday for Baltimore, but on, I shouldn't say definitely out, but all the reports are saying he's not going to play. I wouldn't count on Mark Andrews playing in this game. And relatively clean bill of health here for the Houston Texans, with the exception being Noah Brown placed on season-ending IR earlier in the week, so not on the injury report. But Noah Brown is out in this game for the Texans. I think this Ken is going to bring John Mechie a little bit into the forefront. We'll talk about that tomorrow coming up on in the Prop King segment. But for now, thoughts, side and total, Texans and Ravens. Yeah, I think both Saturday games, uh, you know, I, I kind of, I wouldn't say I went back to the drawing board on all four. Just tried to like condense my thoughts a little bit. And, you know, either if I had to bet the game, what would I do? And just give some more concrete thoughts. Uh, I did put in the two team seven pointer on Baltimore and San Francisco. Uh, my advice would be, if you agree with me, I would track down a book that has nine and a half still at both because I think the Niners are going to close more than nine and a half and you will lose the ability to make that bet at that point. Um, they're 10 at about a third of the sports books right now. So two teams, seven pointers in uh, both teams playing Saturday down to minus two and a half. Uh, I think the Ravens are very likely to win the game and I'm kind of interested in finding ways to play that. Uh, so that is one way to do it. And the only other way I'm thinking about playing this game right now is to potentially play the Ravens in the first half along the lines of uh, the sort of handicap that we talked about, which is they've sort of been effective at building leads sometimes an inability to run the ball effectively has kind of, you know, sort of, it hasn't really bitten them in a lot of games because they won so many, but it has been problematic and could prevent them from winning by a large margin in this game. Best guess for how the game goes is uh, a Ravens comfortable win. But if Houston snuck inside the number because of what I just talked about, uh, would not surprise me if you wanted to bet the side. I would only lay the Ravens before the game starts. Once the game starts, obviously you can do something different. Uh, in terms of the total, I kind of actually think the under, if I'm going to bet the Ravens in the game, and just think that they're able to totally stifle the Texans' run game, force Stroud into a lot of third and longs, and cause a lot of problems. Uh, I, like, I, I like playing against literally the guy who was like the talk of the NFL last week. So uh, before the game, maybe it's the Ravens. It's definitely teasing the Ravens before the game starts and pairing that with San Francisco. I like the thought of teasing the Ravens, the two-team seven-pointer as well. Um, I, I'll say that if, if the first half goes, Ken, and by the way, at BetMGM, and maybe maybe some books will are hanging five and a half. I saw some people talking about this bet over the course of the last couple of days at four and a half and five and a half. I'm seeing six and a half, at least at BetMGM, for Baltimore laying that number in the first half. I do think if the Texans fall behind in this game, uh, I'm going to look to play like a live, like Texan spread and like a live over. If they're down by double digits, they get down by 14 points in the game and Stroud has to throw on every play. Uh, I don't know that Stroud would lead them back to win the game. I don't think that would happen, but I think he's good enough to kind of like to n not 
have the Texans get completely bulldozed in this game. Um, so yeah, like R Ravens pregame is the only side that I would bet. Uh, I disagree with you a little bit on the total where I would like the over in the game. If the game state we're talking about happens, I think the game could get loose in the second half if and when that happens. But um, I think the you nailed it, Connor, with the two-team seven-pointer. The Baltimore down to minus, minus two and a half. So if I had to bet the game, Ravens and the over would be would be my choices. Ken going with Ravens and the under. Let's go to Saturday night, Ken. Niners and the Packers. San Francisco nine and a half against Green Bay. Total sitting at 50 and a half. Uh, for the Packers, two pieces of injury news. Jair Alexander and A.J. Dillon, both are going to be game time decisions. Alexander seems unlikely to play, which I think is actually like a pretty big deal. Not a lot going on here, Ken, injury-wise for the Niners. Coming off their like, double buy, basically. Uh, thoughts and bets here, San Francisco and Green Bay. The market's working the same way. Uh, you have two teams off their buys, and in both cases, because they're playing the hot team that was really good last week, market is actually moving toward the underdog. More people are betting the underdog. Market's moving in that direction. I, I like compared ratings with a bunch of people that I know. And uh, on just from a raw power rating standpoint, everybody I know makes the both games more than this when you build in like the week off. So I actually think kind of like both favorites are actually being really disrespected because of the teams that they're playing against and how well they looked last week. And uh, I'd like to find ways to bet against both underdogs. So Niners will be in the two-team seven-pointer. Uh, I will lay the Niners probably tonight. Probably, but I, I was curious about... Like, do I want to wait if Alexander plays? Can I get eight and a half and six point them with something? But I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to stay in this range or go to 10. Uh, so I like the Niners in the game. I have absolutely no thought on the total, and I would never bet into it. Uh, and I like the seven-pointer, as I mentioned, with the early game. I think I'm with you on San Francisco. And, like, you mentioned that both both favorites being, like, disrespected here. I think, like, with the way that I – and I, I went back this week and kind of said, okay, like, what would I make these games now? And I came up that this number was short for San Francisco. Like, I'm I'm in the range here with, of the Ravens. That's my opinion. The Ravens-Texans number looks okay to me. I think San Francisco kind of, like, should be a 10-point favorite in the game. So I think I'm with you here that I'm going to end up playing San Francisco. I do like the over in the game, where I think San Francisco is going to be able to name it, score. And then it's Jordan Love in catch-up mode. And I think he's shown that he's good enough that I think they can score on the Steve Wilkes defense. I'm actually a little disappointed in you, Ken. Because we hated Steve Wilkes this whole season. It's your opportunity to bet against Steve Wilkes by betting Green Bay to score some points in this game here. Uh, at least, oh, not, at least not, get the game over the Not only am total. I not betting against Steve Wilkes, I, I think the Steve's winning the Super Bowl. Like, I buy a, like like not easily. I think they could play Buffalo at the end. That'd be a fun game. Maybe they get Mahomes again. But, like, there's a lot of ways this plays. I, I think they're just winning. And uh, Steve Wilkes doesn't even have to be a good defensive coordinator for that to be true. Uh, I think I'm going to be with you here on San Francisco, and I'm going to bet the over in the game as well. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here, giving our bets for divisional weekend. Ken, uh, Sunday, Lions six and a half against the Bucks. Sam Laporta questionable for Detroit. Shaq Barrett questionable for Tampa Bay. Six and a half, 49 side in total. Uh, probably the game I have like the least opinion on, to be honest. Uh, if I had to bet the game on six and a half. I would probably bet Tampa Bay, uh, and I would do so with like zero confidence in the entire world. Uh, this market's really close to how I kind of see the game playing out. Um, I would be concerned that Tampa's on a short week, and you got them against a team that quit, uh, whereas the Lions played like a much, 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 much better opponent and got to stay home. And I think that might be a pretty strong advantage for Detroit in terms of the perception of both teams. So it's just like I, I don't want the Lions to have to blow someone out to cover a number. So I can't bet them, and I don't want Tampa at this number. So I think it's this is the only game that's like a pass the whole way for me.
Uh, if I had to bet the game, I would lay Detroit. I would also bet the over in the game. I like what could go wrong. I like a bunch of overs this weekend. Um, I would only lay Detroit, but as we've talked about all week, I think my preferred way of playing the two games on Sunday, I want to tease Detroit down basically just to win the game minus a half, and I want to do it with Kansas City while the Chiefs are plus two and a half, up to plus eight and a half. Where I think Buffalo could blow them out, I just think I just think it's unlikely with a lot of the defensive injuries for Buffalo. And we'll talk about some of those right now with the Bills and the Chiefs to wrap up a divisional weekend. Can the points spread currently, the same as it's been all week? Buffalo in between two and a half and three. The total is forty-five and a half. Out for Buffalo, Taylor Rapp. Gabe Davis, Christian Benford, Balen Spector. Terrell Bernard didn't practice all week. I think he's unlikely to play. Teron Johnson, second-team All-Pro. Like, uh, questionable, but, like, he lost a clear concussion protocol. We'll see if he ends up playing in this game. Like, I, I, don't, I don't love this injury report for the Bills. I think Buffalo is likely to win a close game. I just, I don't like them to win in blowout fashion. That's why I like the teaser, Ken. Yeah, I, uh, I like the over in the game, uh, 45 and a half. We'll definitely bet that. I don't think I have to get that in now, the way that the market has moved. And the side, what I would like to happen is for something to change. Uh, you read off a laundry list of injuries for the Bills, and the market is indifferent to those injuries. And the Bills are still two and a half minus 20 and 25. And like, I, I think Buffalo's more likely to win the game than Kansas City is, but that's reflected in the market. And the injuries aren't yet. Um, I would almost want Kansas City to get bet hard on Sunday, and I could get like, minus 105 on the bills to win or 110 or something less like if i'm gonna play a contrarian bills bet i i don't want to pay the same price than before we knew the guys were out so maybe the bills on sunday we'll definitely have a bet on the over in the game all right there you have it those are our bets coming up for divisional weekend uh we'll give you more analysis more bets props saturday and sunday on countdown to kick off hour one done hour two for you coming up on the other side we will start hour number two getting football bets for the weekend from our friend sam paniotovich nesson fox sports and the chicken dinner podcast with nick and ken